Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We invite you to visit us at crossgate.org. It is our hope that you will hear from God and draw closer to Him through this service. All right, Word Wars, Episode 5. I would ask you to find in your copy of God's Word, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 in the New Testament as we continue our teaching series. And by the way, I appreciate very much all of the feedback that y'all have given over the course of this series. I feel like we've probably gotten more positive, just practical feedback off of this teaching series than off of anyone that we've done at Crossgate Church since I've been here. I think it's because this one really meets people where they're at. We try to do that all the time, but, but just this one in particular. The words that we say, uh, the message from last Sunday with the words in our home, words with our families, I mean, just highly relevant, highly practical. Well, we're going to continue along that line this morning as we talk about uh, how we use our digital words, our, our digital words, and texting, and messaging, and, and social media, and, and all of these things that are out there now that would not have even been a consideration a generation ago. Uh, you know, we, we have come to the place now in our culture where any number of people could, could legitimately and seriously spend more time texting and typing words than speaking words on any given day. And so if that's true, and our, and our culture has become so digital in its communication, then that means we have to ask ourselves this question, what does the Bible say? about our digital words. What does God have to say? And he actually has a lot to say. I will tell you this, uh, when it comes to digital words, I, I have mixed feelings. Uh, I love text messages on the one hand. You know, things that required a telephone call uh, years ago that might have taken up 10 or 15 minutes, you can exchange that information in seconds now. Just you can send it, you can receive. Yes, there's still time when a phone call is, is best and appropriate, but there's a lot of stuff where we can just streamline our lives with text messages. Now, I'm not a big fan of group texts. I don't know, is there anyone out there that enjoys group texts? Except for maybe if you're in one with your friends and y'all are talking about substantive things, but most of the time, if I'm in a group text, the first thing I'm thinking about is, how can I get out of this thing, right? Group text. Social media. I'll tell you, I, I have a love-hate relationship with social media. Uh, certainly, there are some good things to say about it. Uh, for one, even as a pastor, I use social media to keep up with people, what's going on. You know, we, as pastors, we want to be informed on the, the pastoral needs out there, and so-and-so's in the hospital, or so-and-so had a medical event, or what, what have you, but we don't always receive that information through the official church channels, and sometimes it's the social media that helps us to stay up on what's going on in the lives of our church people. Social media is also entertaining. I mean, if I'm looking for mindless entertainment, guess where I'm going to go? Probably social media, because there's plenty of mindless things going on out there on Facebook and Instagram and, and all these other platforms as well. And then, of course, it's a great platform for, for having a witness for Jesus, right? It's, it's a great platform to be connected with people and, and share a word about the Lord and what, the, what God means to us. On the other hand, there's a lot of things I, I hate about social media. For one thing, social media and even texting and messaging, it dilutes the clarity of our communication because you're not sharing voice inflection, you're not sharing body language. It's so easy to misunderstand what someone is saying to you. In fact, how many times has conflict started because, because of, a, of an errant text message or a, or a social media post or whatever that just was not received 
the way it was intended. Also, here's another thing I hate about social media. It is a huge drain on our time, or at least it can be. I mean, how many times have y'all said, oh, I need to check this one thing, and 45 minutes later, it's like, I'm still on this thing. You know, you just, it's a, it, can, it can potentially be a huge drain on our time. It's also a massive temptation to promote ourselves, right? Look at me. Look at me. It's all about me. Let me tell my story. It's all, let me have the spotlight. I, I will tell you that there's a time and a place to tell your story, but I mean, as a follower of Jesus, you are not the star of the show. It is not ultimately about you. And then, of course, just this unbelievable amount of filth and trash that's out there. I mean, you, you don't even have to go looking for it. You don't even have to be friends with a bunch of, you know, trashy people on social media to be inundated with trash and, and filth and garbage. Now, that said, there's nothing inherently wrong about social media. There's nothing inherently holy or right about it either. It's just what you do with it. So all the more reason when we talk about our digital words, we've got to be asking ourselves this question, what does the Bible say, right? That's what we do every Sunday at Crossgate Church, and, and there's three things that we're going to see this morning that the Bible has to say about our digital words. One is to get plugged in, two is to delete some things, and three is to share some things, okay? Straight from the scripture, let's begin reading, first of all, about how to be plugged in. Just to plug in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Watch this. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will, will appear with him in glory. Now, what we see in this passage is a word given to people who are saved. If you have been raised with Christ, that's, just, that's another uh, form of saying if you have been saved, if you have been born again, if you have been regenerated, right? These people have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. But I will tell you this, speaking in digital terms, any man, woman, boy, or girl who does not have a saving relationship with Jesus is like an iPhone or an Android that is absolutely D-E-A-D dead, dead. Can't even take a charge. You, you know, I mean, there's a conspiracy theory out there now that says the phone companies deliberately program their phones now, so after you've owned it for about two years, the battery just goes, right? Won't even take a charge, Harley. So, see, uh, unless you have a saving relationship with Jesus, you're nothing more than a spiritual paperweight. That's exactly what the Bible says. And let me just direct your attention, first of all, to Colossians. Look at this. Colossians 2, you were dead in your trespasses but God made you alive together with Jesus. And then Ephesians, similar sentiment. You were dead in the trespasses and the sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Now, if you have a dead phone and the battery will not even work properly, you've only got one step. We talk about what's your next step at Crossgate. You've only got one step, and that's to plug that phone in, right? you got to plug it in and keep it plugged in or it will not function. It's dead. It's a paperweight. That's it. That's exactly our first step as well, to trust Jesus Christ. Because without that, this teaching series is nothing more than a behavioral modification TED Talk. 
We're just trying to do better. But it's the power of God that makes everything we're talking about in word wars possible. Look at Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 says this, We ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. That's dead. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. That's our first step. If you're a dead phone, the only option you have is to get plugged in. I will tell you, I'm speaking to people this morning who have yet to trust Christ as Savior and as Lord. Some of you sit here week after week after week after week. I give you a gospel appeal week after week after week after week. What are you waiting for? Do you not want this power that makes this possible? Come, I say it every week. Come see me in next steps. You walk in there and say, Pastor Phil, today is the day I need to be saved. Plug that dead phone in. Receive life. Be raised with Christ. And all of this is possible. Now, what happens once that happens? Okay, again, look at verses 3 and 4. What are we, if, we're, if we're regenerated, saved, born-again followers of Jesus, what should we do? Seek the things that are above. Set our minds on the things that are above. Why? Well, verse 4. Look at verse 4. First of all, it talks about identity. For we died and our lives are hidden with Christ, who is our life. That's identity. This is not talking about someone who prayed a prayer when they were 10 years old, but as you look across their life over the last 10 or 20, 30 years, there's no fruit, there's no obedience to Jesus. That person is just as dead as they can be in their sins. It's the Garland County assumption. I talk to you about it all the time. Oh, everybody's saved in Garland County. No, they're not. No, they're not. Because if they were, Garland County wouldn't have all the messes that it has. We wouldn't be in the spiritual darkness that we are across our county if everybody was saved. I'm talking about an identity found in Jesus Christ where you're pouring yourself out. And Jesus is your Savior and your Lord seeking the things that are above that's identity your, your life is hidden with christ who is your life but it's also talking about accountability look back in verse four one more time when he appears how many of y'all know jesus is coming again just say amen jesus is coming again now listen jesus is not coming again so he can usher you into heaven's golf course so you can play golf for eternity or, or there's a heavenly lake hamilton and you can ride around in your pontoon vote for eternity Jesus is going to hold you accountable. Your Lord and Savior, he said himself in the Gospels, every word spoken we will give an account for. So to seek things that are above and to, and to seek things that are in the heavenly places, that's, that, that should be our heartbeat of our lives. So when we plug in, it would, it would you know, serve that the words that we speak, verbally, digitally, would reflect the fact that we belong to Jesus Christ. Now, what that means, if you have been plugged in, is first of all, there's some things you've got to delete, right? There's some things you've got to delete. Okay, let's go back to Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 5. Watch this. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. 
On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you two once once walked. This is how you used to live. You don't live that way anymore. When you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Or should we say you must delete them. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Now notice the first thing that's said in verse 5. Look at verse 5. Put to death. Now, he didn't say about our sin, slap it on the hand. He didn't say, send it to time out. Have him sit in the corner. No, he said, put it to death. In digital language, when you put something to death, you delete it. And so God is calling us to delete some things from our lives, specifically in the context of this message, some of the digital things and the words that, that we produce and that we share and, and that we participate in. Let me give you a couple broad principles, okay, and then we're going to hit some very specific things. Talking about how to delete some things out of your life. Okay, first of all, here's the first one. Don't post or text something at all or just take it down. Okay? Now, there's an old saying that says, just because you think it doesn't mean you have to say it. All right, well, check this out. Just because you think it doesn't mean you have to post it or share it or text it or message it or anything, right? And some of the stuff that people are, I'm talking about Christian people now, some of the stuff that Christian people are posting and sharing, I'm blown away that they want their names associated with it, right? So sometimes you just just step away. Step away from the digital vehicle, sir, right? Just just step away, please, okay? Here's, Here's the second thing. Second thing is this, unfriend or block coarse people, all right? Wait a minute, Pastor Phil. Don't you always say we're supposed to build bridges with people? Didn't you say just a couple weeks ago we're supposed to be looking for a way in, not a way out? Absolutely. We should be looking for a way into people's lives, a a, a gospel uh, doorway into their lives. We should be building bridges with people, but I will tell you, as you well know, and I've got all kinds of friends and, and connections in, in the social media world, okay? I mean, I'm not just friends with pastors. I got tons of soldiers and Marines and other, other folks who are just as coarse as they can be. We, should be. we should maintain a proximity to sinners, okay? Because we are as well. But here's the thing. Occasionally, I will notice a trend of somebody in particular in my sphere of, of digital friends who is posting the most coarse, filthy, vile stuff, and my eyes are being assaulted, my soul is being assaulted, and quite honestly, I just got to block them. I can't, I, I can't allow myself to be dragged down and, and bombarded with this. So, yes, kind of the, the, the period of the long sentence. Okay? There are times when we simply have to remove someone from our sphere, okay? because you're not you're not getting to them, and they're getting to you. Uh, scripture, Proverbs, look at this. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble. All right, now here's the last just broad principle. Look at this. Third, third principle, delete your account altogether. Okay, sometimes we have to just pursue radical surgery. Radical surgery. Either because, because there's just too much trash that's coming into your life, 
Or maybe your social media is becoming a massive time drain to the point that you realize you're wasting your life on stuff that doesn't matter. You could do better. I, I could do much better with my time. I'm not saying everybody's got to delete all their stuff, okay? But, but listen, Jesus, listen to what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 5, look at this. Jesus said, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. He's speaking metaphorically, of course. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. It's a radical surgery. It may very well be that you, you take it up with the Lord, follow the Lord's leading, but you may need to just delete your account altogether. I tr in many cases, your life will become better. Just trust me. Right? I mean, we, the data is all over the place among students, for example, and teens. Those who spend more time on social media tend to be more depressed. Right? There is a direct relationship between the amount of social media and the level of depression in many of our young people, which is one of the reasons why we don't have kids at my house running around with social media when they're 12 years old, 11 years old. Delete it, mom and dad, delete it. Okay, now let me give you a couple of very specific, we're just talking generally now, but I'm going to give you a few very specific and practical things that, that we need to delete based on the scripture. Okay, first of all, we got to delete sexual immorality. Sexual immorality, our world is absolutely filled with it. It's like a, it's like a sewer pipe has busted on our screens and it's just, just, just filth and, and sewage is, is flowing into our homes. Okay, sexual immorality, either in terms of what we're constantly seeing Again, you don't have to be looking for this stuff. Just your basic Facebook, Instagram, I mean, it's, it's, it's there. Okay? Or what you're, what you're posting or sharing. You know, a lot of times I see Christian people, they wouldn't post trash, but they'll share trash, right? Because they think it's funny. There's something funny here. I'm going to share this. Ha, ha, ha. God's not laughing. Oh, one other thing digitally, okay? Uh, avoid risky texting or messaging. Say, what's that, Pastor Phil? Okay, let me just give it to you plain. If, if, if you're a man, you don't need to be texting some other woman that's not your wife, okay? Or, 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 or a woman in close proximity to your, in, in your family, okay? If you're a woman, you don't need to be texting a man who's not your husband. Trust me when I tell you, if you're married here, the devil has a massive target on your back, and he would love to turn even something that's, that's, that's simple into something destructive in your life. In, in, my, in my life, listen, not, and this is not because I'm a pastor, okay? This is because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I don't text any woman that's not my wife or my daughter or my mother or someone in my family unless either their husband is also on the text or my wife is on the text. So, for example... Might be a, a married lady in our church who's going through a, a challenge or maybe, maybe had a, a parent die or something like that. And I want to let her know I'm praying for her. I'm going to send her a text, but I'm going to include her husband on that text. So I'm going to tell both of them, hey, I'm praying for your, for your family, okay? If she's single, and I had this just a few weeks ago. We had a single lady in our church going through a difficult uh, season. I wanted to let her know that I was praying for her. I sent her a text. I included my wife on that text. And I said, hey, just want to let you know, Shara and I are praying for you. We love you. Let us know how we can be a blessing to you, okay? That's, that's, a, that's a rule. That, that's, what, that's how I live my life. 
You may remember when Mike Pence, former vice president, said, I never spend time alone with another woman. I never go out to eat with another woman that's not my wife. He said that. You remember what happened? The world crucified him. But I guarantee you there's some men who have fallen by the wayside in immorality and wickedness who wish, looking back, they wish they had embraced the Mike Pence principle. I'm not going to be one of those guys. Okay, so, so delete that sexual immorality. The devil has a target on your back whether you believe it or not. Here's another one. Anger. We've got to delete anger. It's so easy to respond in anger to news, isn't it? And, and where our world is going and things seem to be getting darker and worse all the time, it's easy to get angry about that and just quickly, bang, 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 just post something. Or, or in response to someone else's text or, or, or post, or what, just in, in, in reply, bang, 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 just quickly just, just shooting out an angry response. It's unbecoming of a follower of Jesus. Okay, here, here's another one. How about this one? Profane or vulgar talk. Profane or vulgar talk. Again, sometimes Christian people, maybe it's because, again, out of anger over something going on. By the way, if you didn't know it, we got a presidential election coming up next year, so everybody just take a deep breath now, okay? Just take a deep breath now, and you don't need to misrepresent Jesus when, when you're sharing your ideas, okay? There, there's, there, there, but, but some people get tied up in profane or vulgar talk. I will tell you, if you're a member of this church, and I see it, I'm going to send you a little message about it, okay? Now, just keep in mind, and, and there's a time to correct. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But I will tell you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and you're under somehow the authority of this church, I'm going to give you a gentle, gentle little word of admonition, okay? Because some of the stuff I see out there that Christian people are, are posting and sharing absolutely ridiculous okay next how about this expensive humor or embarrassing humor remember this is what we said a few weeks ago this is humor at someone's expense i was talking to my wife about this a few days ago and she said there was a thing going around just a few months ago where it was kind of a, a cool or viral thing to do where these these young mothers would be cooking in their kitchen and evidently this was a thing and they're making a little video of themselves cooking, and they've got their little toddler next to them, you know, two, three, four years old. And while they're cooking, they take a raw egg and just splat it on their little child's head and then have a big laugh over that. <laughs> I don't know what Junior thought of that. I'm sure they weren't very entertained, right? But there's just, we, we, we tend to uh, find humor at other people's expense. Here's another one. We've got to delete this as well, drama. Oh, my goodness, we've got to delete this one. I saw, I saw a quote just this week. Conflict is inevitable, but drama is a choice. Right? Conflict is inevitable, but drama is a choice. Online gossip, texting, trashing people with, with our posts and our texts and all the rest. Listen, the people who love, some people love drama, don't they? I can't, I mean, I don't love it. I hate it. I don't tolerate drama in my house. We don't tolerate it on our staff, in our church. Drama, drama, drama. People want to just keep the drama going. Just keep it going. Fan the flames. Notice this. Drama is always fanned into flames in public, but reconciliation and resolution take place first and foremost in private. You know, the, the, the people who want to move past drama are going to say, we're, we're going to get to the bottom. We're going to solve this. We're going to seek reconciliation. You, you don't do that first and foremost publicly. You you do that, and surely don't try to do it just posting just all kinds of stuff all over the place. Okay, so some, some things we need to delete from our lives, and I will tell you, everything I just mentioned is totally unbecoming of, of a follower of Jesus Christ. 
Okay, we see that right here. God says, put it to death. Put it to death. But on the other hand, okay, yes, there are some things we need to delete, but there are also some things we need to associate ourselves with through sharing. Again, using the digital language of sharing. Okay, let's continue. Verse 12 of Colossians chapter 3. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Now, that's, that's identity. That is identity. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Okay, lightning round. I'm going to give you eight things, just very practical things to think about from the Scripture regarding sharing the kindness, the love, the peace, the forgiveness, all of that that's talked about in this passage in your digital words. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. The first of which is this, scroll by encouragement. You heard of a drive-by? Well, this is scroll by, all right? Here's what you do. You encourage people and intentionally encourage people through what you're putting out there digitally. Look at this from the book of Acts, one of the greatest characters in the entire Bible. When Barnabas, whose name means son of encouragement, that's from Acts 4.36, came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he encouraged them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. So here's what you do. Set your timer for 30 minutes, not right now, okay, Later today or whenever, set your timer for 30 minutes, get on your social media platform, whatever it is, and just purpose to do nothing but encourage. Scroll. Every time you see something from one of your friends or family members or whatever, just leave them an encouraging note. Just, just hit as many encouraging little touch points as you can in 30 minutes. Okay? Scroll by encouragement. Here's the second thing. Keep it positive. Keep it positive. How many of you know people who it seems like everything they post on social media, they're complaining about something, or they're critical about something, or they're, they're calling something out as wrong or this or that. I'm not saying there's not times to do that, but I will tell you it's amazing the number of people where the vast majority of what they do is negative. First of all, nobody wants to be around those kinds of people. And second of all, I can't take those people seriously because they're always so negative. They're, they're downing on everything. That's not the life that the Bible calls us to. Look at this in Philippians 4. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep it positive. Again, there, yes, there, there is a time to confront. We will get to that. But when you're blasting your thoughts out to the world, keep it positive. All right, here's the third thing. Pray and text. Pray and text. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Okay, anytime you're praying for someone, whether you have a little prayer list and you're going down that prayer list, or maybe God just lays somebody on your heart, or you hear about a specific need of somebody in the church, pray for them, take a moment to pray for them, 
and then shoot them a text and let them know that you're praying for them. You say, Pastor, is it okay if I, if I tell people that I'm praying for them? Absolutely. Philippians chapter 1. Again, what does the Bible say? Paul the Apostle, writing to the Philippians, says this, I thank my God and all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Encourage people. Let them know that you're praying for them. All right? Pray and text. Now, here's another one. Look at this. Share your church's content. Now, I want to give a massive shout-out to Byron Lee, Hannah Caps, and our entire uh, church tech creative team at Crossgate that constantly is generating some fantastic content that we put out on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and the like. Uh, of course, we do our, our services. We post those. Uh, Pastor Keith and I do a podcast once a week called More and Better Disciples Podcast. Some great content there. You can share that. We put it on our social media. You can share that with folks. Other content and posts that come out throughout the week. Listen, it's okay to brag on your church. Amen? It's okay to commend your church. If you're proud to be a part of this church, if you're excited to what God is doing in your life at Crossgate Church, let the world know about it. It's okay to be excited about your church. So share your church's content whenever you get the opportunity. Now, here's another one. Avoid knee-jerk uh, anger. Resist knee-jerk anger. Again, what does James say? James chapter 1, this is a great passage right here. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to become angry. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Listen, there are so many things that we could get angry about in this world, but I'm not sure that there's going to be any, any redemptive fruit that comes out of a lot of our anger. There's no reason why we can't just step back, take a breath, and think about it before we just go straight to the keyboard and we start moving our thumbs like crazy, right? Just don't, don't have a knee-jerk reaction. Think and pray about it before you put, your, put yourself out there. Okay, here's another one. Verify that something is true before sharing. Oh, man, you talk about something that gives me a massive headache. The number of people, and Christian people, who will, they'll see a title of an of a, of a article or something, and they'll just immediately just, just share it. They haven't even read the article, right? So, I mean, so, I, I saw one the other day. Somebody said, oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear that Abraham Lincoln died. And, and, and the, the story was like April 1865. Dude died a long time ago. Where you been, right? I mean, there's just there, it, it, there's not accuracy, and people just want to just just hit the clickbait and just share it. It's crazy. I thought of one just this week. Now, I'm not saying that this happened, but if it did, I know a lot of people that would share it without even verifying that it was true. Joe Biden's diaper explodes in live broadcast, right? Now, I'm not saying that that happened, but how many people do you know that would have just just shared it? Without, without finding out if it was true, without considering the story, which, and by the way, even if it was true, is that something you'd really want to share and demean another image bearer like that? Okay? You're an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Let's speak the truth in love, okay? Speak the truth in love. Verify. Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify, okay? Verify if something's true. And by the way, I saw this just this week. A Christian lady I know down in Florida, she posted something that did not in any way pass a smell test. And then her little comment was, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but, well, if you don't know that it's true, don't share it, right? Seek truth. 
Buy the truth. Do not sell it. Get wisdom, discipline, and understanding. That's what the Bible says. Okay, here's, here's one more. Look at this. Address concern privately, not publicly. Okay, address concern privately, not publicly. Let's, let's say you see something uh, that, that someone else puts out there. Let's say that you see, there's a trend going on in someone's digital life, and there's just a lot of just junk, and you feel led to speak into that. Okay, I would encourage you not to just come off the top rope, as they say, and just blast out a response for the whole world to see of correction. Okay, people generally don't like to be corrected in public. You know that, right? There's a time for a public correction, but most of the time, that's not what we're talking about here. Send them a, a, a private message. Now, if you're going to send them a message, here's the one thing I would encourage. Make sure you've got some relational capital with that person. You may not be the best person to, to speak into their situation. There may be someone who's closer, a, a good, solid brother or sister in Christ, who's closer in proximity to them than you are relationally, and they, they may receive it better from someone who, who has a little more relational capital, okay? But nevertheless, when it's time to confront, the Bible says you should start out privately. Look at Matthew 18. Look at this. Again, we're just asking what the Bible says. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Okay, now there, there, there's later, if, if there's an escalation, a hardness of heart, there's an escalation, and, and there might need to be a, a broader word of admonition, but initially, take it to that person in private, not in public, okay? If I, if I see a Christian who's, who's throwing junk out there and all the rest, I, I, I will address that. But, but I'll address it privately. I'm not just going to throw a truth bomb out there for everyone to see on social media. But friends, can I just give you the last word of encouragement and admonition here? Let's just remember that you're a follower of Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We, we as we'll talk about next week, we bear his name. We wear his name in a sense. We, we are followers of Jesus, disciples and, and may we be the kind of people who well and faithfully represent our Savior in what we say and what we do digitally uh, for, for his glory and because we love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Let's pray. We invite you to join us in person at our campus located at 3100 East Grand Avenue in Hot Springs, Arkansas. If we can pray for you, send us an email at prayer at crossgate.org. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast.